name is Aaron. I'm one of the elders here, part of the leadership team at Christ First. And I want to say it's fantastic to have you with us. I know that we've had uh, some new people joining us uh, on these uh, gatherings, online gatherings. Uh, and it's a delight to have you with us. If it is your first time, uh, you may be contacted by someone who's saying, uh, if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about what's going on in the life of the church, uh, then can you give us your contact details? We won't spam you. That is a legitimate person contacting you. It will probably be Lorraine uh, who does that. This morning, uh, we'll, the talk will be slightly different uh, to normal, probably a bit like last week, to be honest, although not for the same reasons. Uh, Andy didn't drop me in it this week. Uh, I am just uh, coming into this year, felt God emphasizing a few things that he wanted to say to us prophetically and... Uh, so hopefully I'll try and detail a few of those things and uh, it will be beneficial for us in, in learning where God wants to take us this year and how he wants to lead us and shape us as a group of people. It's slightly odd because there's some people in the room, obviously Ali and Ben and Andy and George at the back there. So it's the first time preaching to sort of a semi-audience for a while uh, in person. So uh, other than my children um, who've had enough of my sermons, I think, but... It's great to be together again and able to worship God, uh, particularly in difficult times, as it is nationally, internationally, and quite personally as well for us as a church. But coming into 2021, I mean, we're 10 days in, this year had a lot of pressure placed on it. It was a lot of the hopes and dreams that people had for 2021 were sort of pushed over into, uh, into 2020, sorry, were pushed into this year and even ramped up a bit and it's like, well, this is going to be, it's got to be such a great year to, to make up for the last year. I don't know why last year was meant to be a particularly good year. I think it's possibly because the numbers were the same. People thought that must be good. That must be a good sign in some, in some way. But it was meant to be a big year, 2020. And in many ways, it, it was a huge year, but not for the reasons that many of us hoped it would be. I know some people have said it should just be scrubbed off. We should all dial our ages back one year uh, and get a free pass for the last one. But all of that led to great pressure being put on 2021, which was bound to bring some sharp disappointments for some, if not all. And so my question this morning was, and over the Christmas period, well, God felt the, the question that God was prompting in me was are you hoping or are you coping and it rhymed which is helpful but are you hoping or are you coping are you hoping in the wisdom of the human race to resolve the issues of the world be that medical political economic are you hoping in the wisdom of the human race to resolve those things or are you hoping in the one true sovereign all-powerful God are you coping in your own strength and managing to cling on by the skin of your teeth? Or are you coping in the power of the Spirit? And however you're doing, however we're doing, we need God. Maybe you uh, came into this year and so far 2021 is proving to be everything that you thought it would be. It's, everything has gone the way that you thought it would do. You've managed to keep your New Year's resolutions for all of 10 days. You've eaten right, you've exercised, you've 
read and prayed, you've not uttered a crossword to another member of your, your household or a work colleague. Maybe that rings true for you. Or maybe you feel a bit more like this. This is from a poem by a lady called Jane Kenyon. It says this, A piece of burned meat wears my clothes, speaks in my voice, dispatches obligations haltingly or not at all. It is tired of trying to be stout-hearted, tired beyond measure. Maybe you feel like that, that actually... You're just, a, you're just a bit of burned meat almost. It's just, I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I don't know if I can cope with weeks of lockdown or trying to navigate different rules. Whatever you feel like, we all need God. Isaiah 40 is a famous passage. It says this, Have you not known... Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. We all need God. We all need to receive power and strength and receive that impartation of the, from the one who doesn't grow faint and weary to impart his power to us. We shall renew our strength as we wait on the Lord. And that's one of the things that we're going to be doing this year. We're going to be learning how to wait on the Lord. Around 2015-ish, I think that's September 2015, we set out our 2020 vision for the church. I think lots of organizations latched on to the fact that 2020 means you can see well and perhaps thought, this, is, this sounds great. And so 2020 visions were particularly big. But we said this, uh, we wanted to encourage people. Uh, we had three 20s, so we had 20-20-20, which is even better, obviously. Um, but we said we wanted people to spend 20 minutes a day with God, to give £20 a month more to the work that God is doing through this church and to share the hope that they have with 20 other people. And I think, actually, on reflection, I think uh, people reviewed their 2020 vision goals and sort of said, oh, that was, we didn't plan for a global pandemic. We didn't sort of factor that into our plans. But actually, Andy and I were reflecting, we think these actually stand up pretty well, to be honest. To spend 20 minutes a day with God, investing in that relationship. For some of you, again, this, you may think 20 minutes is not much. Others will be thinking, 20 minutes, that sounds like a marathon. But actually, that was a, a challenge and, a, and a, a hope that we had for us as a church, that each of us would be spending at least 20 minutes with God each day in his presence, learning about him, speaking to him and hearing from him. Giving 20 pounds a month, to the, more a month to the work that God is doing, I think, Whilst maybe if we look back at the actual literal figures that have come in, 
we haven't actually met that target as a church. But I want to say, I want to commend you. And as an eldership, we want to commend the church because it's been, as a people, we've been so faithful in giving and uh, fueling financially the work that this church has done, the work that this church is going to do. Things like supporting uh, the Bone family, which will be an ongoing process. There is finance available to do that because as a church, we've faithfully given and generously given to the work that God is doing. When we look at uh, the, the offering that we took for the work in Zimbabwe, it was, it was beyond what we were hoping for. It's fantastic. So encouraging and sharing hope with 20 people. Hopefully that is easier now than ever. I know someone who this morning has sort of invited a group of their friends and said, You've got to come and you've got to get involved in this. You've got to hear the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people who've lived with and achieved those goals or aims. Others have met one or two of them. But as I said, it was interesting to reflect on how they stood up to even the unexpected global pandemic that's still raging at the moment. God is teaching us some things through these situations that we're looking at and living through. And looking ahead, there's some stuff that God's been speaking to us as a church that he wants to shape and refine us. I believe God this year wants to help us as a church to rediscover wisdom and joy and confidence. And one of the ways to do that is to reflect and remember Remember what has happened before. Remember what's gone before. Reflect on those things, not to, to congratulate ourselves or to, to become introspective, but to have faith stirred that if God did that, then he could do this. If God moved in that life, he can move in this life. So we're going to spend a few weeks, starting next week, we're going to spend four weeks encouraging one another to remember to remember what God has done. Remember when God. We're then going to spend uh, 40 days of prayer, in prayer and fasting during the, the season of Lent. We're going to sort of link in with our brothers and sisters across denominations, across nations, as we celebrate that season, as we sort of mark that season and we devote ourselves to prayer and fasting. We'll have times of prayer together as a church, probably on Zoom, but we'll be together seeking God for the future vision of this church. Where does God want us to go? What does God want us to do? We want to receive prophetic input from the members of this church to say, this is where God's going to take us. And there's a lesson about the centrality of prayer that we need to, to get hold of. It needs to get into our guts, that it needs to be sort of core to our being. I've been massively encouraged in these first 10 days by the, the level of activity and uh, sort of sharing and, and prayer that's taken place within the, the prayer team, the people that pray for you at the end of the service. Even just this morning, just... It, Difficult situation for some people, but still focused on God. This is what God wants to say to us. This is an encouragement for this morning, encouragement for the coming week. 
And so I want to emphasize the importance of being prayed for and praying for others. And not just during difficult times, not just, oh man, I really need some help. I need to be prayed for. But actually, things are going well. I, I want God to direct me. I want God to help me navigate and shape this positive moment so that I can really press in and glorify him. After we've spent that time praying and fasting, we will celebrate Easter together. Even the most optimistic among us, which I hope that one of those people, um, doesn't expect us to be able to celebrate in the way that we have done previously, where we've shared a, a large meal together. But hopefully we will be able to celebrate Easter together in some way and remember and remind each other of the fact that Jesus rose again. That is where our ultimate hope lies. The Apostle Paul wrote that if we only have hope for this life, we're to be pitied more than anyone. But actually, as we look to, to Easter and the resurrection, we know we have a li we're living for the next life, not just this. After that, we're going to work our way through Hebrews and recognize that Jesus is better. Jesus is the better way. And remember that we're not just living for this life. We're living for the next. And then we're, we've got a campaign coming up called Invited because uh, everyone is invited to the table. Everyone is invited to a seat at the table, maybe not physically, but metaphorically. Everyone has a, a seat at the table where they can eat with Jesus. It's going to be based around sharing meals and the stories of our lives and how God has impacted them. And all of that will hopefully build to us remembering that we're to invite others in. That if you're not part of the church family, if you're not part of the, the family of God, if you haven't experienced that invitation or received that invitation from Jesus that he will come and eat with you and make his home with you, you can do. There were three things that I think really God wanted to help us rediscover, wisdom, joy, and confidence. So I just briefly want to touch on those things in that context of hoping and coping with difficult times like the one we're in. So I'm just going to just mention a few things about each of those, and then we'll pray together. I felt God wanted to remind us or help us rediscover what it means to have godly wisdom. I wonder whose opinion do you most regard or put most value in? I'd say based on the last year, uh, when you look at the news and you read things online or in the paper, lots of people regard their own opinion as the highest one. I know the rules say this, but this is what I think I'm going to do. I know this is what is, the government is saying, but I'm going to do this. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. The idea of having a straight path is a blessing that, I don't know if you're much of a walker or a runner, but if you're walking and the path is winding to and fro, left and right, up and down, 
it's a more challenging walk than just straight. Straight, level, flat. Andy's challenge last week was to walk by faith and not by sight. It's difficult not to lean on our own understanding. It's difficult not to, to think, oh, I can, I can grasp this. I've got hold of this. I can, I can deal with it. I personally have found it difficult trying to understand when the rules have changed or guidance has changed this building, what we can and can't do, who can and can't use it, all of those things. I, I found it difficult because I feel like at times I've, I've, I've grasped it. Okay, I understand. And then something changes and it's like, is there a change? I don't understand. This language could mean two things. I have to look at this rule, then cross-reference it with that, and which takes precedence. And it, our own understanding is limited and flawed. But as we lean and onto God, as we trust in God, as we seek to acknowledge him, say, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not sure, but I'm going to do what I think God is leading me to, our paths will be made straight. There was a time back in April 2020, probably maybe March, April, when people thought that the lockdown that was coming would reshape how the world worked, that everything would be different, that we would rediscover, maybe in the early days of the lockdown, we would rediscover a work-life balance that was good for us and healthy and that we would react in a, in a way that would benefit the world. There were pictures of, you know, this is what this country normally looks like this city normally looks like and it's a smog and you can't see anything and because of lockdown it's clear and it's it's almost like this sort of resetting of things and reordering reprioritizing there was a hope that we as a nation would address and resolve these issues of work life and how it that balance had snowballed out of control in case you're not aware we didn't and we haven't um, some things have improved, but the fundamental shift that people were hoping for didn't occur, hasn't occurred. I'd say, if anything, for most people, probably work has spread its tendrils into their homes like never before. There is a danger always that the wisdom of humanity becomes our functional saviour, that we hope in that instead of hoping in God. The grace of God in scientific discovery and medicine is wonderful. But ultimately, our hope needs to not be in a vaccine or a scientific method or a political person. It needs to be in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm not saying forget what the government says if you think that you've heard from God to do something else. But I'm saying we need to trust God with all of our heart. Lean on him. Lean into him. Not despair at who has or hasn't been elected in different nations. At the results that we perhaps didn't want or did want. We can allow situations in the world to toss us to and fro. We don't make sure that we're keeping our eyes on the ultimate hope in the one who can save us, in the sovereign God. And in his sovereignty, 
Sometimes what looks like earthly chaos is actually divine order. Hebrews, I'm so excited to do Hebrews later in the year, it talks about we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God cannot be moved. Earthly kingdoms, things get shaken and people are like, oh my goodness, what is, what is going on? I thought uh, it looked like this and, and this has happened. Maybe you remember the shock of Brexit five years ago when that vote took place. No one predicted it. The shock of when, uh, in America, President Trump was elected, it wasn't predicted. It's gonna, no, no one expected it, and suddenly it happened. These things can shake us. I know, you know, there were people who were shaken by those things. Even now, the, the elections where in, in America, people are shaken because of the impact that those things have had. The kingdom of God, the increase of God's government cannot be shaken. As a church, we're going to acknowledge God in all our ways because we want straight paths. We want clear, effective direction. Sometimes that means going against what makes the most sense in the human terms, so be prepared for that. The, the fact that I'm standing in a building in Croxley probably is testament to that. Uh, we had just moved into Westfield Academy for our Sunday meetings. And we were approached by a group called the Church Growth uh, Trust. And they said, we want you to take a look at this building in Croxley. And we were like, not interested. <laughs> Now we've just moved on a Sunday, you know, it's not, it's not quite in Watford, it's sort of, it is Watford, but it's like a village that's just outside of Watford. It's, it doesn't really fit with where we are. But they persisted, and uh, Lorraine persisted, saying, I think, I think there's something in this. And, and we, we came and looked, and we thought, oh, maybe there is something in this. And what a blessing this building has been over the last year. The fact that we're able to broadcast from a, a central location to set things up, not have to be sort of fiddling around with stuff all of the time, or even uh, sort of preaching from home, which was fine for a while, but uh, is, is not the same. It's difficult. What a blessing this building has been, which didn't make sense in some ways at the time to many people. We can receive wisdom if we ask, James tells us. God wants us to rediscover wisdom. He wants us to rediscover joy. The challenge is to me that I want to put to you is, do you enjoy your time with God? Do you enjoy your relationship with God? Is there any joy there or is it a duty? The gospel should bring joy. Nehemiah uh, eight, nine, and ten says this. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all of the people, "This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law." Then he said to them, "Go your way, eat the fat and drink." the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
The gospel brings joy. Does it bring joy to your life? When you're confronted with sin, when our sin is brought into light, the light of the perfection of God, there should be a reaction where we want to mourn and weep and despair. There should be genuine sorrow over the fact that we've grieved God, but that sorrow should make way as we are relieved and joyous because we remember that while our skin, our sins were like scarlet, they've been washed white as snow. We have been made pure because of what Jesus has done through his death on the cross, his dying in our place, receiving the judgment and the wrath of God on him. We don't have to experience that. Instead, we receive the delight and favor that Jesus should have received. The delight the father has in the son is poured out on us. And so there should be a joy in the battle, in the battle against sin when when we're sort of fighting against, okay, I'm going to control my temper. I'm going to not speak cross words. I'm not going to do these things. Actually, when we fail, there should be a, I've I've messed it up. My nose is bloodied, but actually I know I can go again. I can receive forgiveness again as I repent and confess my sin. There should be a delight in that. I'm not out yet. I'm not out of the I'm not out of the fight. I can go again. There should be a joy in our relationship with God. God is not <clears throat> a taskmaster. He's not a, a headmaster tapping his stick waiting for you to mess up so he can give you a wrap across the back of the legs, if that's what headmasters used to do. When the father looks on those who follow him, he looks with the same delight as when he spoke over Jesus, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. That's how God, the father, looks at us. As we grow in wisdom, as we grow in joy, we should grow in confidence. God wants to help us rediscover the confidence that we should have. Jesus said in Matthew 5, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God wants to instill in us a fresh gospel confidence. You are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. It cannot be hidden. You should not be hidden. The gospel should not be hidden in you. The light that has been placed in us by God should shine out. Our good works should be on display for the world to see. Not to say, oh, aren't they wonderful people? But to say, God, oh, didn't expect that from them. There must be something different. And we can say, 
God is at work in my life. That's why I can put others first. That's why I can serve those who people don't even like. We should have a gospel confidence. We know we're not living for now only. We're living for the life to come. We can experience emotions, I think, this week. Anger, frustration. I think of Linda passing. Sad, but angry and frustrated because death was not meant to be. When human beings were created, it wasn't so that they would die. It was so that they would experience relationship with God. And so we have hope and assurance in the resurrection. We have confidence that Jesus rose from the dead. And so I'm living for that glorious future when relationship with God is not limited to 20 minutes a day if I can eke it out. But it's it's unencumbered, unrestricted relationship when the dwelling place of God is with humanity. We can have confidence that God has given us things to do in order to glorify him and share the good news, that people will respond to that. This coming year, God wants us to reach out into the community, to the communities around us, demonstrate the love of God to them. He wants us to grow in the wisdom required to know how to do that well in a way that demonstrates the good news of the gospel. That as we reach out, it's it's a gospel demonstration. It's the gospel in action. That we would grow in confidence as we recognize that through Jesus, we're secure in our own standing before God. We don't need to be completely taken out by sin. When When we fall, we can be lifted back up. We can confess, repent, and receive forgiveness. That we are called to be a city on a hill, calling out to all around who are weary, come, come and receive refuge and restoration and healing. God wants us to rediscover the joy of that salvation as we see lives transformed by the gospel, as we see the gospel transforming our own lives daily to rediscover that joy.